Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Final Furlong Podcast with Emmett Kennedy is proudly brought to you by All About Sunday, the ultimate racehorse ownership experience. Download the app and get involved today. All About Sunday, we love racing. And by our official betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook. Kaluki offer betting on all sports, immediate interaction with experienced traders, with instant withdrawals and the best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing. Kaluki also have betting pitches at tracks across the UK. Join us now at kalukisportsbook.co.uk. Hi, it's Hollywood's Matt Damon, alongside country music superstar Garth Brooks, saying, kids, don't do drugs. Unless it's weed edibles, in which case, go nuts. Go nuts. You will be high forever with weed edibles. Uh, Time Formers Mark Milligan is here. Hello, Mark. Good afternoon. How are we all doing? Um... I, I'm here. I'm, I'm locked up in my little uh, my little bolt hole, trying to uh, just keep away from all the, the nasties and the bugs, while keeping an eye on the the Boris Johnson situation. Yeah, by the time this goes out, Boris will be gone. Uh, he probably won't actually. He'll probably try and rough it out as much as he possibly can, because that's Boris. Just like, oh, I'm not going. But you made a very good point. If there's 38 MPs who resigned, how do you replace 38 MPs? You can't. You're, 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 down, you're not going to go down the local job centre and find them, eh? <laughs> Could I persuade you to come over from Labour to, to be with us? No. Bye-bye, uh, Boris. Nobody will miss you. Right, the Bahrain Trophy, uh, Group 3. So we're starting with Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and we're focused completely on, on new markets. Uh, of course, building up to the July Cup, and uh, should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to this. So, Masakela is seven to four currently with Kaluki, uh, who go eleven to four about Walk of Stars. Zachariah is hundred thirty, and Doville Legend is thirteen to two. That is the market for the one fifty and new market live on ITV and Racing TV. The going is good to firm, and we just got the six runners for this race. This is a tricky one, my friend. Um, Masakela is, is very interesting, uh, obviously, but he's short enough price now at this point. What is your view on the opening race? Yeah, like you say, it's, it's interesting and trappy at the same time. Masakela and Walk of Stars are both bringing the Desert Crown derby form into this a one-mile, five-furlong trip um, the Derby form, which was of K, uh, of course, franked in no uncertain terms by Westover, he absolutely mm. bounded up in the Irish Derby, didn't he? So, Hugely not awesome. looking much wrong, 
with that at the moment. Masakela finished fourth, beating eight and a quarter lengths behind Desert Crown. And Walk of Stars, he clearly wasn't right, was he? He was beaten, he was beaten absolutely miles. Um, so I expect we'll see a different Walk of Stars in this particular race. And he's been gelded as well, yeah, hasn't he? Cruel as God. Get off here and make a habit of this. Yeah, it's like, yeah just gelded um, him. Just gelded him. To be fair, Walk of Stars probably deserves it after that Epsom run. <laughs> <laughs> if we're both so, if we're both bad, saying ah, that was too bad to be true, it's just like you killed him. <laughs> yeah, it's, but poor old Walk of Walk of Stars is sat in his stable thinking, "Ah, that just well, I just wasn't on it that day." Like, well, what have they done to me now? <laughs> A fifth leg anyway. just vanishes. <laughs> oh, I'm bypass. I'm bypassing the Derby for. Because um, listeners who tuned into our Royal Ascot podcasts will know how keen I was on Eldar Elderoth, even yeah. though I was keen on him for the wrong race. Um, but, but he did come out <laughs> and win. Don't tell <laughs> yeah, we'll keep, we'll keep that quiet. But he did so come out, cut and that win out. By, <laughs> by a nose from Zechariah, who I thought ran really well there. Uh, and he was only literally nailed in the final. So I think that, if I remember rightly, didn't the photo take absolutely ages? It did. It took, I was on it air was that, that day, close. and it took hours. Literally hours. They, yeah. they susp- remember, they called off Royal Ascot the next day because they were trying to work it out. <laughs> now, it, it went on for ages, and Colin Keane tried yeah. everything. I, I was surprised it went on for as long as it did because uh, I thought Elder Alderoff had, had got up. Um, but it was a tremendous ride from from Colin Keane. Ryan Moore takes over. And speaking of Westover, that was a cue for you, by the way. Because he beat Westover. Sorry. Uh, speaking, 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 speaking Tom Westover, yes. <laughs> He beat Westover at Newbury, didn't he, in September mm. by two and a quarter lengths. Um, I, I think, now, don't get me wrong, I, I, I think Zechariah ran ran really well last time uh, under Colin Keane, who is obviously a tremendous jockey, but I think it's a huge boost to have Ryan Moore here on the July course for him. Because the July course is a, a bit of a, a tricky course to navigate, I think. And obviously Colin Keane wouldn't be coming over for this meeting, so that would rule him out straight away. But if you're looking for a top-notch replacement, you're not going to get any better than Ryan Moore, are you? Best in the business right now. Um, he'll be he'll be busy tomorrow at Leopardstown. He probably could have gone over. Um, he probably could have have done that. I don't th- I don't think that there's an Irish policy that stops you from from doing that. I know that in the UK you can only be at one course, but I don't think that's the case in in the in the states. But in the in Ireland, but to be fair, the states. What am I high? What the hell? What's going on? Uh, but. No, Ryan Moore is a terrific booking for obvious reasons, and he's also a very, very attractive price. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm very keen on on Zechariah in here. I think um, Walk of Stars, obviously Charlie Appleby and and William Buick have done so well this year, but there has to be a little question mark over him, given how badly he ran in the derby and the fact that they've decided to geld him now. But I think... Now, I could be wrong here, and I'm working entirely from memory, but I'm sure, did, didn't Yabir win this race last year? 
straight off the back of a gelding operation. You're right. I seem to have that in my mind. Yeah, you're right, because they were saying he can't go for the ledger. Yeah. Um, so it's obviously been done before. But I just lo- I just love the way Zachariah shaped at Ascot. And I think Elder Elderov is a really good horse. So I think that's solid form. I would agree. Um, we, it's worth pointing out as well, for those who may have missed it, that um, the time form rating of Elder Alderov is vastly different to the official rating that he had. Yeah. Um, one, time form, P, we, was it, to, to one, yeah, 100? We, we, we took a really strong view on his Newcastle win, um, which proved justified in the end. You, you, weren't, you weren't always come out on the right side of these things, but no one ever got anywhere by sitting on the fence and having splinters in their backside, did they? So wherever right. possible at time form, we like to take a view. And if that view differs from the official view, then that, for me, that's in favour of us as punters, really, isn't it? Because we can stick our necks out. Because not everyone will use time form ratings. People will go off official ratings. They'll go off racing post ratings. And everyone takes a view, don't they? And at time form, we took a very strong view on Elder Elder off going in um, to Royal Ascot, and, and luckily we were we were proven right. So, Zachariah, for you, um, I, I very much respect that, and I think that he'll be well supported tomorrow as well. Um, I just wonder if Walk of Nations is actually the... Walk of Nations? Walk of, I must be high. What is going on? <laughs> Walk of Stars might be the better play, because... There's a, a five-length gap for Zachariah to make up with Walk of Stars from Lingfield. Um, and it is entirely possible that he's a very, very different horse now. That he has just taken a, a, a giant step forward. Um, and he did beat Westover as a juvenile. But Westover was an outsider in the derby. Um, Zachariah didn't go. He's gone to Royal Ascot and he's had a hard race. And he has to turn that around 22 days later. With the drop back and trip yep. as well. I know it's only yeah. a furlong that you're dropping back, but still, it's enough to make me go. I'll, given that Kaluki are going 11 to 4, Walk of Stars, 130 Zachariah, I think I'll go for Walk of Stars, but Q Zachariah winning by five links on the bridle, on the snaff. And um, I can I can completely see the case. Uh, the 225 is the Close Brothers. Ah, Close Brothers Cheltenham Handicap. Fantastic. Close Brothers July Stakes Group 2. They're becoming one of the biggest sponsors in racing. Well done, Close Brothers. We'll have to take you up in that en- engagement of Mark and I being in your corporate box sooner rather than later. Uh, Little Big Bear is 3 to 2. What? 6 to 4 with Kaluki. Uh, Persian Force 13 to 8 for Richard Hannon and Russell Ryan. A Mysterious Night. Is thirteen to two. Brave Nation, another one from Royal Ascot, is eight to one, and uh, Holly Doyle and Richard Spencer team up waiting all night. Sixteens. We were talking beforehand about Aidan O'Brien's record in this race. It's not the best because he doesn't tend to run the most high class horses in this race. Uh, but this fella is undeniably high class, and the drone footage from his victory at Royal Ascot puts a whole different, uh, a whole different spin on just how good he was that day because he had to make up an awful lot of ground and he did so in a very short space of time he takes the world of beating in my view no i'm exactly of the same mindset we've got a couple of strands of royal ascot form here haven't we with the persian forces brave nation coventry form and little big bear with his windsor castle 
win. Um, for me, I think Little Big Bear will be even better back over six furlongs than he was over five. Yes, he got beaten over six on debut, but I think that was probably more in experience than anything else they did for him there. And they absolutely backed him at Royal Ascot. Like They, they wouldn't even hear of defeat, would they? He was backed off the boards at Royal Ascot. Uh, his pedigree is not really that of a sprinter, is it, when you delve into it? A close look at his pedigree. Yeah, he's by No Name Never, who obviously was a sharp juvenile, but there's tons and tons of stamina on the dam side of Little Big Bear's pedigree, including um, Arquina all along. She's buried in there somewhere. There's a there's a two mile winner in there as well, and the, the dam sire is Bering, who was a very very stout German bred horse. So. Six furlongs, I think Little Big Bear will be even better over six. He could get even better again over seven, but he takes all the beating for me. He has brothers who are hurdlers, which should tell you something. Um, and American Graffiti, mile two, V Rouge, two miles, The Lincoln Lawyer, great show on Netflix, also a good film. Uh, one mile, three and a half furlongs. Yeah, there shouldn't be any excuse for him staying and I would completely agree with you I think that I think they were disappointed that he got beaten on debut but it, it wasn't the distance it was just greenness and then it was just a case of fitting him into the right race and they thought an awful lot of Blackbeard and um oh who's the other horse who ran in that race uh the 1.1 million euro horse uh Age of Kings. They thought an awful lot of, of those horses. Yes. Not on my screen, by the way. That finally came to me. My brain, no work good today. Uh, so they ended up going for the Coventry. And as Aidan was saying, it was just a matter of then, does he join them in the Coventry or do they go for separate races? And the, the whole theme of Royal Ascot really was splitting everything up. The whole theme of it was horses going for different races. Cleveland could easily have run in the Hardwick. He'd have gotten lapped, but he could have run in that race. He just probably was a little bit flat from the the tote um, Chester Cup. Uh, same applies to to other horses. Cleveland could have gone for the Gold Cup, but they had Kiprios. So that was the thing. They Aiden was splitting everything up because they had horses for different contests. So there was no need to, to double horses up. And you've got two bullets to fire in the Coventry. Neither of them hit, but this fella delivered the goods in the Windsor Castle, and I think he'll deliver the goods again. Um and it's interesting that Aiden has gone for this race. We'll we'll see how it all pans out and who else is to come. Right, the Princess of Wales Stakes is our last race to talk about uh, for Thursday's coverage before we move on to Friday. And a shocking story. Uh, the Prince uh, Prince of Wales Close Brothers Stakes again, Close Brothers, fair play. Yabir is five to four with Kaluki having been well supported from seven to four. Mastadaf for Jim Crowley and John and Thady Gosden, 11 to eight. Living legend Ryan Moore with Charlie and Mark Johnston, 17 to two. All right, my friend, take it away. Yeah, there's not much between Yabir and Mastadaf in the market, is there? And they're, they're, in truth, there probably won't be a great deal between them on the track. Um, it's a bit of a toss of the coin job for me. I just think... Yabir is better than he's shown so far this season. He has been beaten twice at odds on, um, once at Newmarket, another time at Belmont. I think there is an element that 
he's possibly not the most trustworthy. But at the same time, he's got form on this track, uh, which I think will suit him much better than Bell. Yes, he, he won at Belmont last year, but he's a big, long, striding type. And I don't think those American tracks really play to his strengths as much as these, the, the, the two new market tracks do. Yes, he got beaten by Living Legend on the Roly Mile in April, but I think he shaped there to me as though he was just needing that run a touch, even though it had only been just over four weeks from his run in Dubai, he would have had to ship back over. They wouldn't have done a lot with him. I just think you'd be as better than we've seen him be able to show in his couple of runs so far this year. Without any great conviction, I just sided with him. Didn't you? I would, uh, I would agree. I concur, my friend. I think Yvir is a really class, solid performer, and the return to Newmarket and to a Group Two company will. This is going to show him in, in the right light, I think. Um, they're aiming him at the sword dancer uh, again, so American racing still to come, which must ask you about Belmont before we uh, wrap up, by the way, because we have the mm-hmm. Belmont Invitational Oaks and Belmont Invitational Derby. Uh, so we'll, we'll get a, a quick synopsis of those races before we, we end. But 2.25 uh, on the 8th, so this is Friday. It's the Duchess of Cambridge Stakes, uh, Group 2, 15 to 8, about Mail and Sea, for Michael Bell and David Egan, Maj, who we were very, very keen on at Royal Ascot, nine to four, Lazoo, Frankie Dettori back on board for Rafe Beckett, who of course was uh, that impressive winner uh, for Frankie at Newmarket and Queen Ollie for David Lachnan and Russell Ryan, ten to one. Uh, you were such a big fan of Maj that I find it difficult to believe that you will be looking anywhere else other than her. It was a tricky one for me this because. I, you're quite right. I was a big fan of Marge based on her debut win over Believing. I, she ran really well behind Meditate, but I think it's a really good filly. I was kind of t- tied between her and Lezu, really, because obviously I tipped Lezu a couple of weeks ago on the pod when she won at Newmarket, yep. and I thought she did that in, in really nice fashion. I wanted to take on Mayland C in here because, yes, she was second to dramatised at Royal Ascot last time. I'm just not entirely sure how much depth there was in behind there, despite it being a big field. I preferred the claims of Lezou and Morge. Again, this is similar to the Yabir race, really. I came down on the side of Morge, mainly because of the enthusiasm I've had for her so far this season, but without any great conviction again. She wins. She wins. It's a it's a really interesting race. This, but she wins. Um, there's you know the, that you've got three horses there at the head of the betting who are very closely. You could see the three of them crossing the line together, but I think that Maj is going to blitz them. Uh, I think she's a very very exciting horse, uh, and in a shocking turn of events, they've patched, they've made up, they've been hugging it out, Frankie and Gosden back together again. It's all going to end horribly and in tears with Gosden having a pop at him yet again. You just wait. You just wait. This all ends in tears. Um, somehow he's going to get inspired beaten here, and that's the end of it. It ends straight away. Uh, so he's going to ride Emily up, John, 
and uh, he's uh, he's on board and spiral. Uh, to be fair to Oshin Murphy, he called this. He said that Chivley Park would want Frankie, and um, Emily Upjohn's owners clearly want him as well. So he's he's back. He's out of the doghouse, and this really should be a case if they go and win and win quite easily. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. We're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Yeah, I think if, if even if one of me or you was on top of in spiral she would probably not even win. i could get this one <laughs> she's just she's she's different gravy isn't she to, to this mob she's a re- she's just a really really good filly they've taken the time with her haven't they they weren't pleased with her in the spring so they skipped the guineas they've given her all the time that she needed and i must admit pre-royal ascot i wasn't come completely convinced myself that that we would see the same filly we saw as a two-year-old but she delivered and more didn't she she was she was so so good at uh, at royal ascot and is this the start of a, a blossoming new relationship between the gosdens and frankie this, uh, this spry young thing, young Frankie de Tori, he's one to watch out for, I tell you. Um, I, I still think this ends in tears, but not with this horse. Um, unless you wanted to be really hypercritical and say, and listen, I'm not going to put anybody off firing a, a, a shot at a 9 to 1, 11 to 1 uh, horse in here, namely. Um, Sandrine is, is a 14 to 1 shot and then it's it's nines after that from Prosperous Voyage and 11s for two uh, starting with, with Prima Vecchio but I don't know who is who dare oh my god a friend of this is this is bonkers so first of all uh, apologies to Tuala because I should have muted my phone professional broadcaster here uh, secondly Mark just told me uh, a story about someone very close to him getting COVID a very good friend of mine just, just sent me a message saying he's been taken out with COVID what the hell is going on? Good news stories from now on on the show, but my goodness. Um, get well soon, Jim. Get well soon, my friend. Bloody hell. It's going through Ireland like wildfire. The big contenders that she took on at Royal Ascot, they're not here. She's taking on uh, Prosperous Voyage and uh, Sandrine again, and they have an awful lot of ground to make up to, to get competitive with her. And then after that, it's horses who have to give her weight. So I, I don't see it. Maybe another day, but not, not this one. I think she's unbelievably good, and um, she should go and win. Which brings us to Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, just rolling on through. Um, the superlative stakes, Victory Dance, is your current favourite with Kaluki at 2-1. to one. 
with William Buick on board. I say current favourite because it's very intriguing that Alfred Munnings is still in this race as we record. Uh, 11 to 4 for Aidan O'Brien, whose stable is also in red hot form like the Gosden's. Uh, 76% runners to form percentage. Um, it's 91% for the Gosden's. So, yeah, Bally's Oil could have a, a big week and, and so could the Gosden's as well. Line of War for Charlie and Mark Johnston with Kieran Fallon on board fours and. Um, Naval power for Charlie Appleby is a six to one shot. That's the the current betting for the superlative stakes. How do you see it going, my friend? Yeah, the uh, we'll get to the horse I fancy who wasn't in that that brief betting oh. show you gave there. Actually, but we'll we'll get we'll get to him. Um, Alfred Mullings, Willie, won't he turn up? Was disappointed with him at, at Ascot, and he was very weak in the betting, wasn't he? Odds on to eleven to eight. That's yeah, not like Coolmore. Very weak, and, and he checked out very quickly. So even if he does turn up, I think he's got questions to answer. Naval power of Charlie Appleby's. Um, will he run? Because William Buick's currently, as I'm scrolling through, he's named on Victory Dance, isn't he, at the moment, who won a Newmarket Novice Contest by a head from Bresson while shaping as if he had quite a bit more to come there, Victory Dance. Lion of War, I, do you know, I started off looking at this race expecting to be with Lion of War, given how he won at Newcastle last time by 10 lengths from Henzar, and he won at Leicester the time before. The problem is, I just think the horses he's been beating are rubbish. Not to put too fine a point Tell on Tell us it. what you really think, Mark. Um, <laughs> so you know I just uh, I just don't think the form amounts to anything more than a hill of beans to be honest so the horse I settled on here who I was really impressed with on debut trained by Brian Meehan it's been a while since Brian Meehan's had a really good one hasn't it uh, Isaac Shelby I didn't think you were going to go who, for this because of a comment you made about um, Brian Meehan on this show before but uh, proceed proceed <laughs> I, I, I have selective memory. I didn't badge him in the same uh, kind of category as Richard Hannon, did I? Richard, Richard Hannon has been in contact with the show, by the way, saying that he would, he would like your attraction. But uh, it, was, yeah, it might have been similar enough. Yeah, but anyway, proceed, proceed. Anyway, Brian Meehan, he doesn't train that many winners these days and he doesn't have that many good horses it's been a while since I think he trained going back at quite a few years now a horse called Red Rocks was really good wasn't he ran in America a couple of times ran in the Breeders Cup I yeah think. that's right that's a lot of years ago I'm not saying that's the last time Brian Meehan had a good horse but it could be I haven't really done the stats to be honest anyway well, putting it's, that it's to only one 11 side. winners this season like Brian Meehan was yeah. was one of the top echelons of, of trainers he was in the top 10 um, and that's just not the case anymore, I'm sorry to say. But it is nice to see the Sangster Silks back out again, and um, it, this horse does look good, but take me through it, my friend. Yeah, I, I was just, I was really impressed by the way he won at Newbury. And what I was impressed with, as well as his performance, was, and you've, it can be tricky judging these things from TV pictures, but I thought he looked a really nice type as well, uh, a properly nice type, a horse who would go on and be more than just a two-year-old. And sometimes when trainers have been a little bit in the doldrums, they need a good horse to get them going again, don't they? And perhaps this is the one, Isaac Shelby. So I was just I was just really impressed with what he did 
at Newbury. And I didn't think this race came up all that deep, to be honest, for, for all that a few of the big trainers have got horses in there at the moment. Yeah, uh, 92,000 guineas purchased by Night of Thunder out of a heliostatic mirror. Shout out to Jim Bolger. Uh, I guess my thought process on this is if you were prepared to take the odds on about Alfred Munnings, and I know that you've got some of his artwork in your house, because, you know, basically talk so, so, about uh, how we there. roll. Exactly, yeah, just... Uh, <laughs> millions of pounds worth of paintings just spread all over the house. Um, then 11 to 4 is a very attractive price about Alfred Mullings, assuming he turns up. If you're willing to roll that dice and he and he rocks up, then fine. I, I suspect that he was so weak in the betting because something must have been off. And he ran like that. He ran very flat. Um, and it was a strange race in that Holloway Boy was such an impressive winner, but had never run before. Um, but you could also make the same case about Crypto Force. He went for 900 grand that week and then he stays on towards the end, but it was a disappointing run for him, uh, given how much was, was forked out for him. But I would I would go with Alfred Munnings, assuming he actually rocks up here. Um, Victory Dance is, is intriguing. Uh, your horse is, is very intriguing, Isaac Shelby. But Alfred Munnings, for me, I'll, I'll forgive him that run uh, at the Royal Meeting and I, sus- I suspect something wasn't quite right. Right, the feature race, the July Cup, the Darley July Cup, to give it its proper name. Um, as we said, as we're recording, good to firm ground and perfect power. The Commonwealth Cup winner is your 9-4 to four favourite with the band Christoph Sumio, uh, who will be taking a bit of a holiday. How dare they give him a ban, by the way, for celebrating a victory, for goodness sakes. Uh, Artis, the Aussie Raiders stays. Um, he dead-heated for third at the Royal Meeting. He's threes, creative force, and naval crown. Five to one and eleven to two, having been uh, first and second in that race. So we got the first, second, and third from Royal Ascot all taking each other on again. Flaming Rib has been supplemented for this race to go and take on Perfect Power again. And Cadamosto, who was behind them, is 14s for Bally Doyle with uh, alcohol-free, continuing uh, her sprinting endeavors, 16s. All right, July Cup, who do you like? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a good race, isn't it? But it's a tricky, tricky old affair. There's not a great deal between um, Creative Force and, and Naval Crown. On, Nothing. A, on a photo finish. Running. And I think if you like either of those, so you've got to like Artorius as well, who was finishing like the proverbial express train, having not had the best of passages through. Just on balance, given how impressive um, the first Australian was at Royal Ascot, and I was expecting Artorius to to just rock up and win the Golden Jubilee after we'd seen Home Affairs win the King's Stand, I was prepared to give Artorius another chance in here. He is a horse who you do have to take a bit of a leap of faith with because he does get himself a little bit behind. He doesn't have a great deal of early pace, but I don't think anything will be finishing faster than him out of the dip. And hopefully Jamie Spencer can can chart a little bit more of a smoother passage through this time. And I'm just taking Artorias to come there fast and late for the Australians. I And I was covering this race live. My read of it was... It wasn't so much that the that Spencer did anything wrong. He did nothing wrong, in my view. Um, and to be fair, 
the trainer of the horse was saying that he has never worked as well for a jockey um, like he's worked for, for Jamie Spencer. To me, he lacked the tactical speed to go when Spencer wanted him to, and then he ends up in in difficulty, as in he there's horses that he has to try and weave his way past. And he was a little bit unlucky not to get second, potentially, um, but definitely unlucky not to be outright third on his own. And I just wonder if that's yeah. going to come back and haunt him in this race. Because if you're now at Newmarket, where it's an undulating, it, you're uphill, undulating track, you can't have that kind of stuff go wrong for you. And he's threes, and the two horses who finished in front of him are 11-2 to two and 5-1 to one respectively. Which just makes me question it a little bit. Um, I, I absolutely see that argument. I also just wonder the be better acclimatized now he's had a run in this country but i i see i see exactly where you're coming from he is a horse who generally even in his races in australia he gets a little bit behind he does need that bit of luck in running but i think in jamie spencer you've got the perfect pilot to navigate that sort of scenario yeah the other point to make is that he's an australian horse who they've decided to keep here to run in this race and the Aussies tend to just blitz our, our lot. I know that the Godolphin duo, do we say United Arab Emirates or UK? UK, of course, because we're in serious trouble if Godolphin are United Arab Emirates from now on. Oh, God. Um, you know He has finished behind them, but he was unlucky in the way that race panned out. So it's up to you. Do you want to take the three? Here's the other thing about it. I think Perfect Power is a very, very talented horse. But I'm not sure I want to take nine to four for his, his first run in, in open company. Um, I think the horse that appeals most to me is the one who skipped Royal Ascot, and that's Romantic Proposal for Eddie Lynham and, and Chris Hayes. Eddie Lynham is incredibly gifted trainer, but for some reason there's something about fast horses and, and fast Eddie that just works. And it was intriguing that they opted not to go to the Royal Meeting. She was really good at NACE. Um, Sarah made the point that She's a Group 1 winner last year, and yet she was 3-1 to one that day, and there was a bit in the Racing Post about, was she lucky last year? Um, I mean, she ran on a bog. There was basically no surface at Longchamp. It was atrocious conditions. So nothing could get into it that day. Um, she wasn't beaten that... She didn't, wasn't that far behind Munista, but she was really good uh, at the curl last year, beating a case of you. Um, and I would I would side with her reasonably comfortably. I think the 16s is is way too big about her. Uh, and Chris Hayes will be on board and she does go over. So I'll, I'll go with her romantic proposal, but it, for you, it's the Aussie Raider, Artorius to... Yeah, I'm going to stick Yeah, stick with Artorius. I just think that he potentially has more to come. And if he does improve, and we've seen how devastating these Australian sprinters can be, he could just prove a cut above... With the caveat that he will need a, a little bit of luck in winning. Okay. I'll do the reverse forecast. Romantic proposal and um, Artorius in the July Cup. Right. Quick take then on the uh, Caesars. Belmont Derby Invitational and the Belmont Oaks Invitational as well. Um, so obviously Godolphin and Coolmore are sending horses over. Uh, Frankie Dettori is going to ride in both races for 
is old, old gaffer uh, in, in Godolphin. He'll be on Nation's Pride in the uh, Belmont Derby. What's your your view overall on these races? Because you're big into American racing and you know a hell of a lot about it. I, I know a little bit. <laughs> you try and play coy with me, son. The first thing that I think we need to mention is there, um, and we'll have listeners who are not familiar with American racing and American tracks in particular, is that Belmont, Belmont has two turf tracks, has an inner turf track and an outer turf track. And these races are run on the inner turf track, which is a very, very tight track. Think, um, almost think Chester, but just combine, just, just sort of condense into an oval rather than Chester's kind of just like a circle, isn't it? Very, very tight turf track. And the reason I point that out is because Stone Age in the Belmont Derby has been drawn widest of all. And there's not a great run until you get to the first turn there. So Ryan Moore is going to have to work out a heck of a trip from that outside box if Stone Age is to, to do the business. Now, for me, I think Stone Age is the best horse in this race. I would question whether he can overcome that, that wide draw. I don't think we saw the best of him at Epsom. I think he's, he's miles better than he showed there. Um, this is also his trip, I that, think. That, this is his... Yes, it's just that I, I just can't, I can't get past that wide draw. It, 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 it really puts me off his chances. But at the same time, you've got Ryan Moore, and if anyone can overcome that and have a plan to overcome it, it will be Ryan Moore. Mm. Spencer did it, didn't he, on Deauville a few years ago? He was drawn widest of all from memory. Yeah, it can, it, it can be done. It's not It's not an impossibility, particularly if you've got... Oh, crap, he's six to four. Think... Oh, no, 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 no. I thought we were getting compensated. Come on. Six to four? No. No, no, no. I think the um, the European horses have got quite a considerable class edge in here. And I'm not ruling out the French in that either, who are sending over a couple of useful individuals. I would just I wouldn't be in a rush to take six to four Stone Age from from that wide draw. Okay, who who would you be going for then? I. You know, I, I think I would side with the French in here, and I would probably land on Machete, um, simply because he's got really decent form behind Vadeni, who we saw. Well, we were both a bit down on Vadeni, weren't we, for the uh, for the eclipse last week? But well, there's one thing we got right, and that was he was going to drift like a barge. We did get that yeah. right, but aside from that, we, we weren't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Machete was seventh in the, the Prix du Jockey Club behind um, Vadeni. Prior to that, he'd only been beaten just over two lengths behind Vadeni at Shanti. So that's really, really solid form in the context of this race. And he draws much, much better than Stone Age. So he would be the one for me. Okay. Uh, Machete. It's... Um... Oh. Danny Trejo. Machete. Uh, those of you who know that reference will will uh, will get a kick out of that. Um, right, Coolmore have kind of been drawn widest of all again uh, in the Belmont Oaks. Uh, this time it would concert hall, uh, so we're sticking to ten furlongs 
she to me has a big class edge here, but is is the is the draw going to be too much of a factor for her? Yeah, they've been stuffed a little bit with the draw again here, haven't they? But not quite as big a field here. So not quite as difficult a task to overcome. I'm kind of with you. I think she has a big class edge in here. Not sure what kind of price we're going to have. We got prices Nine for this two. Oh, might have to do some business here. Nine to two. Now, you see, that uh, that kind of price, that would interest me because everything has its price. And I think her form in the Prissy Polly and the Oaks, she was third in the Irish 1,000 guineas. That's really, really solid form in the, in the context of this race. And you're getting 9-2, to two, which for me compensates a little bit for, for being drawn wide again. I think that's a very fair price. I think 9-2 to two is very, very fair about concert hall. So there you go. Uh, what is the nap for you, my friend? I'm napping uh, Little Big Bear at Newmarket. That's tomorrow, isn't it? Little Big that Bear. is tomorrow, yeah. Um, yeah, he, he'd be my nap. Does mean I have to look out? Oh, romantic proposal. There you go. <laughs> Romantic proposal, the nap for me. Um, uh, so I'll give you a little big bear and I'll go with, with romantic proposal. Uh, there you go. We are back on Monday as we review the action from the weekend. And uh, Mark will be back here to preview the next weekend um, as we resume normal schedule and uh, and go back to Thursday. Uh, we also will finally release the uh, Robbie Power special with, um, with uh, Spotify. They told me they're going to drop it. I think it's... Is it this week or next week? Whatever. It's coming out over the weekend, apparently, according to, to Spotify. So um, if you're a Jumps fan at heart, you can enjoy that. It's uh, it's a really good conversation, and uh, hopefully you will enjoy it. Um, but hopefully, in the meantime, there's bag loads of cash to be made and loads of gravy as we go up and down the lines uh, with Newmarket and, uh, indeed, the Belmont Derby and Belmont Oaks Invitationals as well. Uh, from Time Formers, Mark Milligan. Thank you. And from me, Emma Kennedy, thank you so much for uh, listening. Hopefully you've enjoyed it and we will chat to you again next week. Be safe, be well. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by our official syndicate partner, All About Sunday. The latest trainer to join our ranks is Donald McCain. To join us, download the app or visit allaboutsunday.com. The ultimate racehorse ownership experience. And by our official betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook. Kaluki offer betting on all sports, immediate interaction with experienced traders, but in instant withdrawals and the best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing. Kalugi also have betting pitches at tracks across the UK, including additional ones at Cheltenham. Join us now at kalugisportsbook.co.uk.